Welcome back, listeners. On this episode, I spoke to supervising sound editor Robert McKenzie about his work on The Power of the Dog. During our chat, we discussed finding the reality and the sound of the film, the collaborations on this project, his main takeaway, and much more. I am absolutely in awe of Power of the Dog. Um, oh, great. I had a chance to talk to so many different members on the crew. Um, uh-huh. And it, I just, I can't say enough good things about the movie. It's probably my favorite film of the year. I'm not just wow. saying that um, because you're on uh, Zoom with me. I genuinely um, have not had such a, um, a visceral sort of feeling and reaction after leaving um, the film. Um, okay. So I just, I have to applaud you and Jane and the rest of the entire team. Um, oh, yeah. And I'll keep yelling to yelling to the sky until uh, everyone hears me, but, but yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's so great to hear, Jackson. It's, yeah, that's amazing that um, everyone said, a lot of people have had that sort of response to the film. Um, did you see it with an audience or did you see it um, on a screener or? I actually saw it at a theater. Um, mm-hmm. And so I saw it with people. Um, mm-hmm. And then I watched it later on Netflix after right. it came out. Um, but no, I mean, it's, it's unparalleled what you see in a theater versus what you see at home. I mean, obviously yeah. Netflix is doing great things with having these prestige films air on their um, platform, mm. but I just, I love theaters and I, I mean, I, that final scene I remember, or the final shot really, I mean, I remember grabbing my boyfriend's hand and being like, was that just anthrax? And then I <laughs> I just started, like my head started sort of spinning and all Fantastic. of the sort of things that you were connecting throughout the entire movie. It's like, oh my God, that's, that's when that happened and that's when that happened. And I just, I was completely aghast. And oh, um, wow. So, so you were like putting it all together. Yeah, it was, it was like literally right. putting a hundred puzzle pieces that were all separated at the beginning together, like right then, right now. And then like just leaving the theater and just like walking to the car. It was a bit like, I still can remember the entire feeling that I had with wow. that. Um, wow. So, so well, yeah. that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's a, well, a lot of it's about that feeling that you, that you get when leaving the theater. And it's like, it's like Jane gifts that to everybody. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that experience. Mm. So can you um, just, I mean, I, I can't imagine a person saying anything bad about Jane, um, but can you just say what your collaboration was like with her? Sure. Well, that's, that's exactly the word collaboration. Um, I worked with her previously on, on the, on her show, the, the um, top of the lake, the China girl. Yeah. And I was immediately on that. I was struck by the level of um, collaboration. Uh, Jane, you know, she's made a lot of films over her career and she, you know, I was surprised when we started um, China Girl, she comes from a complete place of innocence and, and curiosity. You know, she wants to know what sound can bring 
um, what, what, what I can bring, what do we do, what can we experiment with, what can we play with. Um, so we went through that on, on Charter Girl and then we went through that again on The Power of the Dog. I mean, she's got a lot of these sound cues built into the script, built into the cut, but she still approaches it with, with that sense of playfulness, curiosity, um, awe uh, and innocence where she wants to explore and, and mm -hmm. collaborate and, you know, get in the sandpit and find out what we can do. And she'll push everyone in different directions. You know, mm -hmm. what if we do this? You know, she loves to break everything down to, to its core, to its simplicity, to strip away any artifice. Because, you know, what we do in sound and in filmmaking is, you know, there can be a lot of artifice there. That's a lot of what we do. We're world building, we're making things up. It's all smoke and mirrors at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Nothing is really real, but it's how do we use all the tools at our disposal to make it seem like it's real? Mm -hmm. Because none of it, I mean, very, very, a very small amount of it is real you know what's real is is what's captured on the day which is still a set as well so mm -hmm. at the end of the day nothing is really real <laughs> um, but it's about how do we for jane it's about how do we create that sense of realism so that the viewer is drawn into the story drawn into the characters immersed in the world and and, and we create we create the film's own sense of reality. We create our own reality. Mm. Which, um, and I think that's that's a huge part of the collaboration with Jane is finding that, searching for it and finding it and discovering it. That's the whole process all the way to the end. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, not to like say like, but how do you find reality um, mm. in this? Yeah, well, that's that, that's a great question because um, I don't I don't have a have a a quick answer for that because we were constantly searching for it the whole time, um, and it really is whatever we land on uh, or landed on at the end of the day in the scene is our our interpretation of reality. I mean, you know, actually, you know, hearing Peter's genes as he's walking across the camp towards the birds. You know that's not real at all you'd never hear that from from the camera's perspective but it's 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 about how we set that up and how we treat that to create that sense of heightened reality mm -hmm. you know i don't think in reality we'd be hearing all those details in the creeks of the house and the wind through the cracks and that's not that's not real but we make it we make it feel real from the from from the perspective of the camera, um, what the audience is feeling at that particular moment, you know, drawing the audience in, setting all of those things up, setting up the idea that we can hear everything in such detail. Mm -hmm. That's that's an artifice, but because we set it up so early in the film, it becomes the reality. It becomes the sound of the film. Mm -hmm. um, that's one of the biggest challenges of what we do is finding the unique sound of the particular film that we're working on. So the biggest challenge in The Power of the Dog was working out what the sound of that world is so yeah. that it sounds real. 
and, and to, to get to, to achieve that it's just a lot of experimenting yeah and what were some of those experiments that made it into the film i mean mm -hmm. obviously there are probably some easier things like the the herds of cattle um mm -hmm. that must be somewhat easy to capture but i mean sure. what are some of the things and the wind and the house creaking there are easy, easy ways to do that but i mean what were some of the harder things to experiment with well certainly you know we, the winds are always challenging because capturing wind is is very difficult the the the, the sound of wind is really how the air is reacting to the different objects it comes in contact with so if you're hearing a distant wind what you're hearing is the sound of the wind passing through trees passing past rocks over certain holes that that can create um, an ambience and create a sound so um, jane was very interested in the perspective of that wind how to create the sound of distance how to create how to isolate that house in the middle of that huge expanse of of ocean um, so it's it was about hearing the different perspectives of the wind hearing the difference between you know if phil and and peter are standing outside of the barn we can hear the sound of the wind passing through or past the barn very close to us then we also hear the sound of the wind passing over the distant mountains passing through the trees over the rocks and playing that perspective again it's all smoke and mirrors but it's important um, to set up the world building also wind is a very um, emotive sound we use wind a lot in in films in horror films um, it's 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 almost obligatory um, the sound of, of wind through cracks around buildings it's a very emotive sound um, wind through caves so we experimented a lot with different wind sounds to create that sense of distance intimacy um all of those all of those emotions mm -hmm. with with that with that element and what are some other intimate mo like intimate sounds that especially mm -hmm. on this stuff because i'm where I'm trying to go with this, I mean, I've, I've chatted with some um, sound designers and editors in the past, and obviously everyone just, and I don't want to generalize the entire population, but for most people, they just think sound is like guns and sure. air and explosions and whatnot. And, but the, I think the hardest thing in the power of the dog, I mean, is capturing these smaller sounds and these more intimate mm. sounds. Um, which I think is even more difficult than just, I don't know, getting someone like shooting a gun five yeah. times. And so, I mean, what, what were some of those intimate moments that you really, I mean, you said you're saying that wind is one that really you guys were able to grasp onto, but what else was there for? Sure. You know? um, well, Foley becomes a huge, um, a huge tool um, or became a huge tool in, in the power of the dog. So that's where we uh, go into a soundproof room um, with, with highly sensitive microphones and 
record those close-up details so that you can isolate the sound of 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 a, a hand on skin or um you know that the scene with um with phil and peter when they're sharing the cigarette we can hear them touching the cigarette and and breathing and and the sound of the cigarette burning we hear detail in 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 phil polishing bronco henry's saddle mm. um all of those details are very difficult to capture out in the real world because you've got all sorts of background noise yeah in order to capture those sounds the foley artist um mario vaccaro did a fantastic job of getting those props in a soundproof room and capturing those in isolation um a big challenge in movies often is getting those foley sounds to sound realistic mm-hmm. um so what we did on the power of the dog is we would use a combination of of that sort of really dead close intimate sound of the foley room and we mixed it very closely together with sounds captured in the real world so if you take um you know peter's comb for example um on set uh, richard was able to record the comb and get some some great sound but sometimes because you've got the background noise of the set you've got you know background traffic or background wind or just the just the ambience of the room um the sound can be a bit sort of washy and distant so we mix that very closely with the the close mic sound of the, the foley version same with um with phil's boots um if we just use the foley boot it might sound artificial so we edit it very tightly with benedict's real performance on the day mm-hmm. and then we can use the ambience or the reality if you like of benedict's performance but the intimacy and the the detail and the precise sound of of the foley room sound mm-hmm. and and that concept applies to to all of those close up or macro detail sounds um you know f- filled with bronco henry's um handkerchief or um the yeah, polishing of of bronco henry's saddle uh, all of those details are a sort of combination of what was recorded on the day and what came out of the foley room and i think that's what gives you both the intimacy and the naturalism mm-hmm. so because because the film was shot in new zealand which is really quite a silent area there are very few um uh planes uh traffic you know it's it's an island um that's that's relatively isolated the big challenge there is wind but um on a still day it's very quiet so we were able to use a lot of those real sounds that were recorded on the day and then layer them with sounds from the foley room to mm-hmm. get the best of both worlds can i ask about two particular sounds that stand out to me yeah the flower the paper flower is uh-huh. burning uh-huh was that the same process that you're talking about um exactly yeah exactly so we had we had we had both we had the sound that was recorded on the day which was really good but it's a little distant mm-hmm. because the microphone's a little distant you've got the reverberant sound of the room you know so 
what we did in that particular instance was use a combination of of sounds. So we have the 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 what we call post sync or foley sound of of the flowers alight, and then um, when Phil throws the flowers into the into the jug, it's a combination. You've got sort of the ambience of the of the sound from the day and the intimacy and the detail of the water and the stem hitting the glass of the sound recorded in the foley room. Mm-hmm. That's that's a, that's a, a great example of of that concept. And um, my second one would be the rope. The oh the rope yeah well that's and and the third element um, is the sound that Dave Whitehead recorded. So he got all of the props and he's based in New Zealand um, and he re-recorded a lot of these sounds. So you've really got three elements. You've got what was recorded on the day, you've got what was recorded in the Foley room and you've got what Dave recorded. Um, And we had all of those three elements in the mix to get a different balance of. Mm -hmm. Um, So the rope was all of those. Dave got the rope um recorded it but it was a bit too dry um so you know he he then did another version with the rope after it had been soaking so it sounds you know it's got that sort of fresh sound to it um and then we had the rope that was recorded in the foley room which has got a different texture to it so we had those those three elements in the mix to play with. Now, I couldn't tell you which one we ended up leaning on more. It would just be a case of scene by scene Mm -hmm. and what was most appropriate at the time. And that balance changed a lot throughout the mixing. Mm -hmm. If Jane said, oh, the rope's sounding a bit dry or I want more of the the creak and the tension or, um, you know, if there was something or I want it to sound more distant whatever Jane was looking for in the scene, we were able to use those three elements to give her what she was searching for. Mm-hmm. Um, that, this is all, that's beautiful. I, I love <laughs> the way it all just sort of, not meshes together, but it just, it comes together so wonderfully. And I mean, now, now I'm probably gonna have to do a rewatch of the film. <laughs> do more sounds. Um, well, yeah, but it's important for us, um, to to almost not be too aware of where the sound came from. Just, you know, once you've done it all, once you've recorded it all, you've got to sort of, you know, you put a lot of work into recording it and editing it, um, mixing it. You've got to put all that aside and then detach from it all and just go with what's going to work best for the scene, where we are in the film mm-hmm. and for the character. And you've got to, you know, check your ego at the door and go with, with what works for the film. So that's why I wouldn't know, you know, what what element featured most because it went through so many iterations in the process of mixing and it ended up where it ended up. Yeah, no, it, it, it really is incredible. Um, because I, I mean, you look at something like your, like Hacksaw Ridge, I mean, uh-huh. completely different worlds. I mean, all of, you've done, a wide array of different things but i mean just comparing those two um sure but but same the same concept applies you know with hexa ridge it was 
it was guns and explosions and you know and it's not just bang bang we, we use them emotively as well the the american guns have a lot more sort of heft and weight um and firepower and the japanese guns are more sort of accurate um more stealth more have you know sort of um a, a different character to them so we whether it's you know phil's boots or or you know guns they're all tools to tap into the character and and build the world mm -hmm. yeah um and so i mean what are some of the challenges i mean besides uh, were there any other challenges that you face in this project well i mean there's all there's yeah there's always um huge challenges um the biggest challenge always is is finding the sound of the film that's always the biggest challenge and we never solve that until the end that's that's a constant um source of discovery mm -hmm. um so that that was the biggest challenge as it as it always is um um other than that you know we had logistical challenges of of covid and not being able to travel i mean we couldn't normally we'd travel to montana and and record the sounds of the environment um this time we had to rely on um other sound recorders based in montana to share files with them um which you know worked out wonderfully mm. but you know because because of those travel restrictions we had to work out different ways to work um you know luckily jane was able to she's based in sydney she was able to come in and we could spend a lot of time with her um otherwise we would have had to do it remotely which is possible but it's not ideal mm -hmm. um we we had dave whitehead based in new zealand we were based in sydney um but luckily the sort of borders opened just in time dave got stuck in new zealand for a while i mean i think every production this year has had those sorts of issues yeah that you have to overcome but you sort of you know work through it and um and overcome it but um but yeah uh yeah i'd say the biggest challenge is is working out what the sound of the power of the dog is mm. and stripping away all that artifice and you know all of that stuff yeah mm. i guess sort of my last question for you is i mean what's your biggest takeaway from this project uh, well, my biggest takeaway, um, as it uh, you know, as it should be, um, it, my biggest takeaway is um, the experience is so much a part of it. Mm -hmm. You know, you spend a lot of time with with people. You know, Jane, my crew, um, and the importance of of a of a great collaboration. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's so important sometimes we can get really focused on 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 the job but it's a it's also about the people that you spend the time with mm -hmm. um and and the friendships and the and the collaboration because in sound we have a, a huge crew you know it's yeah. not like other departments where uh i mean the cinematographer has a crew but it's it's all about the 
you know, a lot of it's about the cinematographer or the, the editor and the director. In sound, it's more of a, it's more of a collective, you know, um, it's, it's with, you know, Tara and Dave and Mario and, and Steve and Leah Katz on the dialogue. We're all equal collaborators. So it's a little, it's a little sort of different in that way. Um, when we're all, we're all sort of more, um, equal contributors. To yeah. The project. Yeah. No, I love, I love that. I love mm. that. Um, but I want to thank you so much for chatting oh, with me. This has been a pleasure. Thanks Jackson. No, this has been lovely. Um, and I, I can't, what do you, um, what's your next project? Um, that's a, well, um, I'm working with, um, George Miller at the moment, finishing off his film, 3000 years of longing with, um, Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba. Mm -hmm. So we go back into that in a couple of weeks time and, and get that ready for, a, a New York screening, uh, in February. Mm -hmm. So that's, um, that's super exciting. Yeah. Um, and, um, and then I have the i'm lucky enough to work with garth davis again um after doing lion and mary magdalene with him um we're doing his new film foe with um shersha ronan so that's super exciting oh uh, yes that, that. didn't that one just kick off um uh production this week i think i read yeah, mm, yeah. yeah. no i i that's a i think it's sci-fi thriller yeah we're calling yeah 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 exactly yeah I'm um, down in Melbourne, so yeah, that's really looking forward to that. That's always a fantastic collaboration. You know, oh, for, sure. for yeah. sure. Thank you all for listening. This episode was edited and produced by me, Jackson Vickery. Graphics were done by Dylan Michael. And the opening and closing theme were done by Sterling Gavinsky.